From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our co-host and producer, and of course our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, with us as well. And uh, Elaine, you know, we, we often um, throw these terms around, but... You know, we there are there are friends, and then there are friends. Oh yes. You know, and when you look at at John seventeen and, and Jesus praying for his disciples to be one, mm-hmm. you know, tonight's what that is all about. Yes. And and there are two uh, brothers in Christ here tonight who, mm-hmm. and it's just been a joy to be able to work with them for so many years in a variety right. of different capacities. Uh, Tom Ciccarelli and. Uh, uh, now the CEO of uh, United Way here yes. in Stanislaw County, and Steve Smith, most recently uh, the CEO of uh, YMCA, but now coming over to United Way and partnering with uh, Tom. And uh, tonight is going to be about the, the changing face of the United Way and some exciting new stuff that's happening. And, and both these brothers, uh, one, I think it's an honor that you're here because I know your schedules are busy. Yes. <laughs> and, and we're just thrilled that, uh, that you could join us. And we'll be talking to, uh, Tom and Steve in just a little bit about some exciting new things and the 211 system coming online almost immediately, right? In a couple of days, is that days. Still? August 29th. Uh, August 29th, almost mm-hmm. ready to go. Before we do that though, friends, let's check in our weekly update from our friends at Voice of the Martyrs. Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with the story of another real-life Jesus freak. 500 years ago, the only legal Bible is in Latin. But William Tyndale has a vision to bring God's Word to all the people. Working in secret, he translates and prints thousands of New Testaments. Soon, Christians all across England finally understand they can have a personal relationship with God. But thousands are executed just for owning one of these books. Tyndale also is hunted down, and his last words are a prayer. Lord, open the king of England's eyes. God honors that prayer, and within three years, the king orders William Tyndale's Bibles to be finished and placed in every church in England. Will you stand with the voice of the martyrs? Go online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan, uh, Al Ramsey, and our special guests tonight, Tom Ciccarelli and Steve Smith. And Elaine, you know, that just brings to mind uh, something that we're going to be talking about later tonight. That's right. And uh, this is the first of a doubleheader, actually, yes. on Mondays, and we're inaugurating this tonight. Uh, after our, our normal Lighthouse Live radio broadcast uh, from 5 to 6 p.m., we're going to start on Monday nights. Now, next week is a holiday. That's right, and, Labor and we're Day. Not 
going to be no, here. I won't be here. No, I won't don't either. Think you will be I, here. Yeah, if I remember correctly, I won't be here. But anyway, sure. beginning at seven o'clock, uh, we're starting a, a series that I'm calling "Return to Relevancy." A return to relevancy. You know, we we look so much at, at our lives. You know, I, I I do lots of funerals. You know, like three or four today, a month. Did one today, and you know what what's sad is so oftentimes you talk to the families of people. And you ask them, well, you know, what is the the thing you learned from Uncle John? And what's sad is so oftentimes they have to think about it. You know, and and they'll come back, well, you know, he he watched soap operas or, uh, well, he he liked to fish. And people can't come up with something, a life lesson that Mm. they learned from Uncle John. I'm not being critical. I'm just saying that, you know... what's happening you know and as we look at church futurists they're really worried about the influence of the church upon society and and today is 180 degrees away from that i mean we're going to be talking about today how how believers are are drastically impacting our community so we're going to be starting a series called a return to relevancy which is all about how do we as the church as believers become really relevant again in our community and we believe it's all about getting outside the four walls of our churches our homes and personally reaching out and touching the needs of the community. And, of course, we have two experts in that with us (laughs) us tonight. Uh, So we'll be at 7 o'clock tonight Pacific time. We'll start this new series, A Return to Relevancy. And we're starting with uh, a study of Randy Alcorn's new book called Heaven. That's the name, Heaven. It is an incredible book. And uh, tonight we're going to start out the first couple of chapters, just taking a look at an overview. And in subsequent weeks, we'll really be getting into the nitty-gritty and putting our Bibles alongside his theses and uh, really seeing what God has to say. I think it's going to be an exciting time. So feel free to join us again, uh, 7 o'clock tonight, Pacific, uh, 4 a return to relevancy we'll be looking at randy alcorn's book called heaven right now let's check in with our friend brad dacus from the pacific justice institute it's time for the legal edge a look at your rights as a christian a parent and a citizen and now with a look at what's happening on the legal front the president of the pacific justice institute Brad Dacus. A Christian businessman in California was vindicated in a recent religious discrimination lawsuit. You see, operating as a Christian swim team, Steve Ravella was sued by parents of a swimmer who didn't like the religious nature of the club. The Ravellas contacted Pacific Justice Institute, which strongly defended them in this clear violation of religious liberty. The residing judge agreed with the swim team and dismissed the case for having no basis in existing law. Every case like this sets a legal precedent and strengthens our religious freedoms. We hope victories like these will encourage more people to come forward to similarly help us defend religious freedom for all. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, friends, Brad Dacus and his team will be down here in Modesto Tuesday, February 12th, usually uh, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. We'll confirm those times for you. But this is an awesome thing, especially for those of you who are senior pastors or business administrators or uh, if you're involved with nonprofit corporations uh, that are faith-based. This is an absolutely incredible time looking at the legal aspects of who we are, what we do, and the protections that we need to know about. Uh, again, that's coming up on February 12th. Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. Uh, it is free to attend. Absolutely free. no charge. Like free. That yeah. yeah, that's free. a good word. Free. Free, <laughs> free, free food, food Al. There is free food as <laughs> we well. We like that even better. <laughs> yeah. Huh? yeah, you know, something I've been in these professions, cop, fireman, pastor, 
And, you know, anytime you want to get a cop, a fireman, or a pastor together, just throw, those throw food. There They're there right away. <laughs> Free That's food. Amazing. That's Where were we going with <laughs> all of that? Sure. Oh, Brad Diggs, Pacific Justice Institute. You can check out their website, www.pacificjustice.org. That's www.pacificjustice.org. Or you can call them toll free, actually, at one triple eight three zero five nine one two nine. That's one triple eight three zero five nine one two nine. And Speaking of opportunities to serve. And you know the Volunteer Center of the United Way has a special flavor to it tonight because we have our special guys with us from the Volunteer Center of the United Way. But we want to pass this along to you uh, this week, friends, because the American Heart Association is getting ready to have their 16th annual American Heart Walk. And Steve and Tom are well aware of this. This year's event theme is Beach Party Wipeout Heart Disease Stroke Promotes Physical Activity and Heart Healthy Living in a fun family environment. This is going to be so cool, and we want our volunteers to get involved with this. It takes place on Saturday, September 15th at the Modesto Junior College East Campus and Saturday, September 29th at the San Joaquin Delta College in Stockton. Volunteers, that's where we step in, are needed between uh, 6 a.m. and 12 p.m. Uh, to assist make, did I say 6 a.m.? I did. That's awfully early. It is early for some of us. (laughs) Volunteers to set up and tear down and help with uh, registering participants uh, and staff rest stops with refreshments uh, on the course and help with fun children's activities and face painting. And all participants are treated to a continental breakfast and lunch and prize giveaways and uh, just enjoy some live entertainment and family fun. This is going to be a great thing, and so we want you to get involved with that. And then, again, it's the American Red Cross, a great way to get involved with the Red Cross Night at the Modesto Nets, a great night for baseball. This is a fun-filled evening, great baseball and fireworks at John Thurman Field, and this takes place on Thursday, August 30th. Again, volunteers, this is where we step in, are needed to help set up and staff the information booth prior to the game and sell raffle tickets. Now, they're celebrating 90 years of providing, this is the American Red Cross, mm. celebrating 90 years of providing services yeah. to the residents of Stanislaw County. The ARC providing relief to victims of disaster and preventing, uh, helping to prepare for and prevent uh, and respond to emergencies. Uh, and this is a great, great service, and we just uh, uh, encourage you to get involved with And you know there's something about minor league baseball. Absolutely. You know, all those guys are out there trying hard. Yeah, you you know, they're motiv- they're not motivated by making a million bucks, you know, a minute. I mean, they're out there trying. I love minor league baseball. This is a great way to, to yeah, peanuts, just, yeah, just, just don't get hit. Yeah, the, yeah, right. yeah. Take your mitt and catch those There balls. you go. Volunteers can help uh, serve lunch to homeless and needy individuals at the Salvation Army in Modesto. You volunteers are needed weekdays to prepare and serve nourishing meals and assist with the after-lunch cleanup as well. You can help prepare meals beginning at 9 in the morning and serve meals between 11.30 a.m. and 1.30 in the afternoon and assist with the cleanup. Uh, from 11.30 to 2.30. Salvation Army providing a variety of community service programs, including the Social Services Department, which helps uh, persons needing assistance with food, transportation, and utility assistance. And, of course, if you need any uh, of your questions answered, you can always give our great friend Barbara Borba a call. She's at 209-524-1307, extension 113. Again, 209-524-1307, extension 113. And you can always give us a call here, too, at 544. 9571 and I'll tell you what what better way to get your questions answered about the United Way than to be here tonight <laughs> with our wonderful guests as we explore the changing face of the United Way now who would have ever thought 
two dynamic men, Tom Ciccarelli and Steve Smith, formerly of the YMCA. You put these two people together, Tom Ciccarelli of Interfaith Ministries and Redwood Center and Santa Fe, and you bring these two dynamic men together into one organization such as the United Way. How could you not help but be blessed by that? Well, that was, welcome. That had to be a God thing. <laughs> you know, could, could we ever have designed that? And I mean, wasn't this a God calling? Absolutely. I'm not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> we just can't wait to see what uh, we're going to be when we grow up. God wants us to be something. We're not sure what it is yet, but so we have to wait and see what he wants us to be. Amen to that. You know, his yeah. ways are not our ways, he tells us, Tom, and, and uh, it's so true, isn't it? Yeah. His thoughts are not our thoughts. And he just does some incredible things, and he uses people like you. Well, we just feel incredibly honored to be in his service and serving his people and being with uh, you guys here tonight. You know, Tom and and Steve, we we referenced John 17 before, and and as Jesus is praying for his disciples, his, his believers, he says, May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. You know, and, and so often in, in our theological boxes, you know, we've compartmentalized things. And, you know, church is what happens on Sundays or Saturdays or Wednesday nights or when, whenever you happen to go. And uh, really what, what he's talking about here is an integration of our complete life, our 24-7, and as the body of, of believers, uh, you know, whether we have little doctrinal issues or not, we're all one. We're all coming together and and uh, loving each other as a model of, of loving the world, then stepping outside and sacrificing to uh, to serve others. And, uh, you know, that's that's what gives us real meaning in life, and both of you, have uh, really answered the call in incredible ways to do that. Let's talk a little bit about what you bring to the table to the United Way right now. And I'm recognizing the United Way is not a faith-based organization, you know, and and, and yet uh, what you're doing is you're helping to bring to the table a lot of faith-based organizations, and we need to partner with uh, the secular world. We need to partner with government. We need to partner with uh, the various entities in our community in order to to see real healthy change occur. Uh, So, Tom, let's talk a little bit about what you bring to the table, how you got here, and then, Steve, uh, let's talk a little bit about how how God brought you here as well. Well, I'll tell you that I, I, you know that my passion is serving people, and that's what I did at Interfaith Ministries when I founded Redwood Family Center, which is transitional shelter for, for women recovering from drugs and alcohol and their children. Uh, that's where my passion is. And so when this call came to United Way, to be honest with you, I, I said to myself and to my wife, uh, he, the Lord can't be really calling me to leave my ministry at Redwood <laughs> Family Center to go to the United Way of Stanislaus County. But uh, So I kind of fought the call. And, you know, that's uh, uh, several months went by, but, you know, he just kept, he just kept right up there and just told me. And finally what came to me was, that I have an opportunity to help 28 agencies that provide services Mm -hmm. instead of just the one that I have. Mm -hmm. And the other thing that came to me is just salt and light. The Lord is calling me to a secular position, if you will, from a faith-based position to be that Christian witness in the world. And so that's, in essence, why I'm there. And I'm just so excited to have this guy next to me, Steve Smith. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, when I... 
as I sat there for many months thinking about the reorganization of United Way and where I wanted to head the, uh, the agency and what direction, I thought if I could pick one guy in this community, you know, my first round uh, draft pick, you know, my, <laughs> my, Barry, my Barry Bonds, if you will, you know, who would it be? And, I, and, the, and, and the Lord just kept putting Steve's awesome. name in yeah. front of me and on my heart. And so uh, anyway, uh, we got together and chatted a little bit. And uh, the rest, they say, my friend is history. Well, Tom's right. You know, it was interesting the way the Lord works. He just kept giving us opportunities to talk to one another and see each other. And, and you know, I was kind of like what Tom said. I was at a point where I, I thought, you know, I really like what I'm doing at the YMCA. I'm, I'm serving people. And, and I, my, I'm a big believer in that loving and serving the Lord is loving and serving other people. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and so I was happy doing that, doing what I was doing. And I thought that I needed to redirect my energies to do something else. And, and finally, I figured out the Lord said, you got to do the same thing you're doing just on a bigger scale. Mm-hmm. And uh, Tom and I kept, our paths kept crossing. We had conversations with one another. And, you know, one thing led to another. And, and the light sort of shined for me that, you know, the opportunity that I have to do the two things that I want to do most in my life at this point in my life, serve the community and find ways to make the community better mm. and find opportunities to go out and, and, and spread the message of the good news. Awesome. And, and I can do that with, at United Way, working with this guy, with Tom, uh, better than I could do it anywhere. So Well, and, and you had a wonderful opportunity to really put the C back in YMCA. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and yes. not, not in, a, uh, in, in a very palatable and wise way, you know, and, and sometimes, you know, this is like turning an aircraft carrier around mm-hmm. in some cases when you when you uh, start changing paradigms, but God has, you know, used you powerfully locally in that regard. Well, and I know for me, from my experience in the last five and a half years at the YMCA, and I, and I think Tom can probably attest to this over at the Redwood Center, what I found out was when we started putting the seed back in YMCA and we started bringing it sort of out of the closet, so to speak, how many people we met and ran into who said, gosh, I've just been waiting for this to happen. I've been waiting for this opportunity. And you mentioned a couple of minutes ago, Mike, about, you know, finding ways to bring the faith-based community and the secular community together. It it dawned on me several years ago and continues to dawn on me every day that that the people that are in the faith-based communities are some of the same people that are in the secular community and in the businesses that we deal with. Sure. And, And they're also looking for an opportunity outside the four walls, as you talk about, um, to do what they do, to, yeah. to serve and, yeah. and to love one another and, and to spread a little bit of the good news in varying ways. And so we have opportunities to do that. We should take advantage of that. Don't, don't you find, Tom, that uh, so often as, as you're looking for a resource that there are people waiting to do that? Mm-hmm. You know, they just don't know how to find a, a way to do it, and, and you're in a position now to, uh, you know, to, to really maximize and leverage those resources, and I would imagine that's uh, part of what, what's exciting to you are, are the possibilities that are out there. Right? Yeah, it is really exciting because, uh, you know, we all have we have to learn, and especially people like Steve and myself, that it, it, it has to be in God's time. Mm. Uh, his time is always perfect. And the amazing thing about this is, is if we are patient and we're prayerful about this and we do discern his will, uh, good things happen and good people mm-hmm. come forward because uh, six months bes- before, Steve wasn't ready to make the change. And so mm-hmm. I was anxious, and the Lord kept saying, no, oh, just wait, wait, you know, wait a time with patience. Mm-hmm. And then when I approached him, it was a perfect, it was a perfect timing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and, and when you talk about, you know, your aircraft carrier turning that around, what mm-hmm. I've said to my board is I'm turning around a cruise ship. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about the same paradigm, yeah, you know. Yeah, but it's, it, it takes time. 
and 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 I feel like turning this thing around uh, has taken a lot of time, but it's given me a lot of time to pray and reflect about mm-hmm. the turn, and because where I want to take this agency is back to where it started from. And when you look at United Way and the origin of United Way, it was started in Denver, Colorado, by two Protestant ministers, a Catholic minister, and a rabbi. That's how it got started. So that's my origin as Interfaith Ministries is working ecumenically and working interreligiously. And that's exactly how United Way got its start. So it does have that faith-based roots to it. It certainly does. It's it's kind of forgotten, I think, uh, where it came from. From that, but you want to bring it back. And, you know, Steve actually had a C to bring back to YMCA. I didn't have a C in United Way, but I'd like to get one, like to get one in there somehow. One in there we're going to create one, don't you? Well, I want to bring back to the C, to the connections that we were talking about, um, Steve, you with the Y, because the community certainly uh, connects you. I remember working out with you at the Y a few times, and Tom, you with Interfaith and, and Redwood Center. Do you guys uh, still, uh, can you still connect with those uh, organizations and agencies you still have some input with those well that's one of the things when tom and i were talking you know you struggle emotionally when you get attached to these agencies Mm -hmm. and uh, i I knew there were some great opportunities and great possibilities at the united way and working with tom but i struggle with you know how do i leave the ymca Mm because i've grown to love the ymca and and Mm -hmm. what it stands for and and when i took a step back i realized and what i realized that spirit telling me was I, i get to do both the United Way is one of, uh, or excuse me, the YMCA is one of the United Way's partner agencies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'll still have lots of interaction with the YMCA. I'll have opportunities to help them grow and do things that they want to do into the future. So I'm kind of leaving, but but I'm not sort of leaving town. You know, I'm still there and still interacting with them because they're a partner agency. The same thing with the with Interfaith Ministries and, and Redwood. We get an opportunity to to have some influence on how they continue their stewardship going into the And don't the we love the partnerships? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes. Well, isn't that what it's all about? Yeah, yeah it's just uh, it's exactly what it's about. And I think for me, you know, I, my background, as you know, was, you know, corporate business, agribusiness. And so when I was called to Interfaith Ministries, that was, that was truly a calling and a huge um, a leap of faith for me. But, and I never thought that I would be the person, be the kind of person that wanted to do hands-on ministry. But once I started doing hands-on mm-hmm. ministry, and I did that for six, six years, uh, then the Lord kind of called me away from that now. And so that was very difficult for me. I'm thinking, okay, Lord, I think I'm exactly where you want me to be doing hands-on Christian ministry day in and day out. We've got 90 beds at, at Redwood Family Center. I've got 45 children under 10 years old running around there and 30 or 40 women uh, that are recovering from drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. I think, how does it get any better than this in terms of the gospel mandate? Mm. You know, but as Steve said, we now have the opportunity to help other agencies, you know, the other partner agencies, but still stay connected with our, you know, with our former agencies. You know, and, and Steve, let's talk a little, about, a little bit about your role right now. Tom, we know you're the CEO. Steve, tell us a little bit about your role and what God has called you to do for United Way now. My role for the United Way is... Um my title is Chief Marketing Officer. I'm going to oversee all of the marketing efforts for the United Way. So it's going to be my job to sort of tell the story out mm. in the community and, and, and educate and in some cases re-educate people about the United Way and what it's all about and what we do and what we're going to do in the future. I'm going to oversee campaign, which is the, the fundraising part of, mm-hmm. of what we need at the United Way. And then I'm also going to oversee the impact councils. And the impact councils is the vehicle which we take all of that money that's raised in the United Way and determine 
where it goes, what programs it funds, mm-hmm. what needs are in the community, and how we match those up. So those are going to be my three uh, my three big areas of, of, of uh, concentration. Okay. You know, Elaine, uh, I know this is something close to your heart, and, and Tom mentioned this just a moment ago uh, about uh, how how prayer was an integral mm-hmm. part, pro- part of the process of not only answering the call but hearing the call, mm-hmm. you know, in the first place. And uh, Elaine, you're, you know, you're you're part of an intercessory group that meets once a week, uh, praying for a lot of things. AVC being being one of them. Just mm-hmm. to underscore a little bit the the power and the necessity of prayer on the front end of these things. Absolutely, you know, uh, and and our prayer intercessor mm-hmm. Al Ramsey mm-hmm. can attest to that as well. I think everything begins with that. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think we can go into anything in our lives without that. Absolute essential. Everything's uh, necessary through that, and I think we, before we begin anything, we absolutely have to be on our knees about that. Tom, you know that before you begin anything. We've talked about this at many meetings. Before we begin anything, we want to seek his face and his will before we go into anything in our lives, whether it be a big decision or even the, or the smallest things, because he cares about absolutely every, every aspect of our lives. Amen. Amen, and he asks us to pray continuously, and that's yes. exactly what we Amen. do. Indeed. You know, Steve, I think uh, one of the first times that we met, um, we were at a meeting, and I think it was at the police department, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly, and one of the things that, that uh, was being discussed was this almost angst about the church being involved in the lives of youngsters. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a plea going out from the police department saying, we need believers, we need the church corporately to be involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's not we, we do our thing and you do our, but we need to be partnering together. Um, what, what have you seen over the years in, in terms of, of that dynamic and, and the openness of uh, especially our governmental agencies here to, to partner with the faith-based community? Well, I think I see in Stanislaus County, something similar to what I see nationally um, happening in the last few years is that, and I think the key to it is that people are just, um, they're not shy about it anymore, which I think is great. Mm. You, you know, you whatever role you happen to be out in the community playing, people are, are a little more open now and a little more willing to admit, I'm here because the Lord brought me here. Mm. I'm here because the Lord said this is what I should do. I'm here because I needed help. And, and the Lord said, here's where you go find help. I see that in conversation more and more now than I ever do. And, and, and it's both children and adults. And I think that mm. that's a great comment for our community that people are willing to say, I've got faith and, and it's in my heart and I feel it. And I know, and I know the Lord and I might know not know the Lord to the extent that I need to, but I know that the Lord is involved in what I do. Mm. And, and so more and more people are saying, as, as Tom and I have, have learned, we, we'll have discussions and we'll talk about something. We'll say, well, it'll, it'll work out. And next thing you know, it clicks and we look at each other. And, and the only answer is it's a God thing mm-hmm. you know, because everything starts to fall into place. And I think what, what I'm seeing in the community is people are, are more open to that now. People yeah. are more open to saying this must be what the Lord wants us to do. And, and Tom, you know, the, the headlines are often uh, full of this, you know, alleged separation of church and state thing. And and yet, what I've seen over the past couple of years is a tremendous invitation, especially from local government, for the faith-based community to partner and be involved. 
And don't you think there's kind of an urgency on, on our part as, as the church to walk through that door uh, now that it's open? Because it may not be open for forever, right? Oh, I think absolutely. I think what we're in the process of doing is redefining church. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Christ tells us very clearly he wants one church. Yeah. And uh, and I think that's a much broader, a much broader, uh, his vision is much broader, obviously, than ours is. And it's not just about the church itself. It's about the church, mm-hmm. all the people. Yeah. And so I think the opportunity <clears throat> for people like Steve and myself is to be that living witness, that living testimony in the community and in all the agencies, not just in YMCA or interfaith ministries, but now all the agencies, which really don't have the faith-based component. Uh, we bring that dimension now to the, or that dialogue to the process. So I think you're absolutely right, Mike. I think it's an exciting time to be involved, and in. mm-hmm. there seems to be a um, there seems to be a real um, a synergy developing mm-hmm. uh, yeah. in, in in our community, and uh, you know we're just excited about that. Amen. You know, we're talking about the changing face tonight of the United Way, uh, with Tom Ciccarelli and, and Steve Smith. And, you know, as the body of Christ, I, I have to think, and as servants, we sometimes need a heart change. We mm-hmm. talk about face change, and, and I think it's a heart change. And the group Casting Crown sings of, of that very mm-hmm. song and, and uh, that very thing in their song, If We Are the Body. And we're going to revisit their song this week here on Lighthouse Live, and we'll be back to talk more after this.
Casting Crowns, if we are the body on Lighthouse Live, along with Pastor Mike Elaine and our very special guest, Tom Ciccarelli, along with Steve Smith from the United Way, very godly men. We are so excited to have them here as we look tonight at the changing face of the United Way. We are so glad to have you guys with us. You know, I, I think when you put the, the stewardship, the business savvy, along with the compassion that you guys have for the community. I'm excited along with you, what you're going to do in, in the community. And it's just exciting to see what all the changes, the, the plans that you have ahead. And Steve and, and Tom, I, I, I just love to, to hear about and, and to, to hear you talk about what the Lord is directing you to do and, and, and what things are ahead. And uh, just thank you for sharing this time with us tonight. Our pleasure. You know, talking about what's ahead, this 211 system, what a wonderful idea. And of course, I mean, this is a huge thing to uh, a huge undertaking with with incredible ramifications. Uh, tell us a little bit about two one one, what it's about, and uh, coming online in two days from now, I think, right? Yeah, actually, it was uh, had been it was being worked on when I got to United Way in January of this year. Um, so there had been some work done there, um, and there's a lot to do with uh, CPUC things, getting the, all the utility. Uh, and then, you know, the hardware and the software and bringing something online. But just to back up a step, 211 is national. It's in 47 states now. And it is the same thing for health and human services that 911 would be to an emergency. And so when a person needs shelter, they need food, they need direction in, in life for those kinds of services, uh, whether it's for themselves or f- for someone else, you know, you who do you call? Do you call uh, Salvation Army? Do you call Interfaith Ministries? Well, in this area now, you'll pick up the phone and simply dial 211. That rings into all, our call center at United Way on McHenry Avenue, uh, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Wow. And we'll be able to put the people in touch with the services in the community. And there's like I think 3,000 different entities out there that provide services that we'll be able to connect them with. And it's not only going to be phone-based, Mike, it's going to be all web-based as well. So we'll be networking out with all of our partner agencies. All 28 will be tied into the website. And so it's just a really exciting uh, opportunity for us as a community. The other part of this is the Office of Emergency Services is coming alongside of us as well. And, Mike, with all your experience with OES, we're certainly looking to to bring advancing vibrant communities alongside our volunteer center to help with spontaneous volunteers in the event of a natural disaster. Um, And as many of you know, uh, you know, in Katrina, that's one of the things that worked Mm -hmm. was 211 and United Way. And they got, they got a lot of good, uh, they got people into a lot of needed services. So we're really excited about that. As you mentioned, uh, August 29th, we're doing a soft launch, but in, and that's to work out the kinks. Our official launch, though, will be October the 4th, and that's when it will be really live for everyone uh, to utilize that service. It will be live on the 29th, but we're going to be working the kinks sure. out. So. Sure, absolutely. So take me through, uh, let, let's say that uh, I'm in need. Uh, maybe I'm coming out of homelessness. I finally got a, a job. I'm, I'm able to get into a rental place, but I have... Uh, no idea about, uh, you know, security deposits. I have no idea how I'm going to furnish this thing. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just, uh, I don't know what to do. 
and uh, I dial this 211, what, what can I expect on, on the other end? What, what are they going to tell me? Well, number one, you're, you're going, you can expect to have uh, a caring person, a, a live, warm voice, and not a recorded message. No, that's 24 crazy. hours a day, seven days a week. Bless you. Yes. <laughs> How refreshing and, is that? And, and actually, our people right now are training. Uh, we have two people that have been with us for 10 years doing information referral. They are now training the three new hires. Awesome. And so they're learning um, all of the agencies. We're sending them out to our partners to spend time okay. to see what they actually do and what services they provide as part of this training. They'll train for about 60 days total before they're uh, answering calls. And so it, that question, as people that are in need find out, it's not just one agency. It's usually multiple trips to multiple yes, agencies. Absolutely. So we'll be able to chart that course for them and get them pointed in the right direction with all the agencies that need that they need to interface with to take care of all those needs holistically yes. uh, right. to treat that problem. So you're giving them a roadmap. Absolutely. Right? There you go. Yeah. Incredible! What an incredible opportunity! Exciting stuff. It's an exciting uh, mechanism because you know when somebody calls, when you have an urgent need, you pick up the phone, you call two one one, and and our call center will have a, a database of information so that they can pick out keywords in your conversation and key those in, mm -hmm. and up comes twenty two hundred different resources that they can choose from to help you, and so I think that's an that's an exciting part for people who have urgent needs to to get to social services. I'm equally excited about the web-based side because, mm -hmm. you know, there's lots of people in our community that need help yes. <laughs> that, that are afraid to ask for it. Uh -huh. And they don't want to pick up the phone, and they don't want to call somebody and say, I need this help. But if they have access to a computer, they could go to a computer and, and type in what they're looking for. And in this web-based system for 211, they're going to get the same kind of help over, over the website that they would get talking to a, a live mm -hmm. operator at the call center. So even those people who need help but they're shy about coming up and saying out loud, I need help, they can research this on their own with a click of a button and get the same resources. So it's going to be an exciting opportunity. Will it take long to educate the public about 211? Well, we're going to spend a bunch of money. Uh, <laughs> Modesto V is going to love us, uh, I think, in the next 60 days. But we're, we're going to, as I say, October 4th is a big day we're mm -hmm. going to have. You guys are invited to come down to 1010 10th Street, mm -hmm. and we're going to and do our launch. Mm -hmm. And we want to thank the people that helped us, uh, mayor and the supervisors and CEO's office. And all the cities in the county are on board for this. Every city in San Luis County is participating financially with us in this effort. So we're really excited about that because it really is a community effort. And so we're just, you know, we're excited about it. We just got to see how it's, uh, um, you know, how it's going to develop as we move along. It's going to, I think it's going to be huge. It's not a difficult thing, Elaine, to, to educate people on in terms of the system itself and the mm -hmm. services that are available. But it's like any other change in, in a community or in society. It'll take a while for people to get used to it. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a mm -hmm. lot of sure. repetitive nature to the to the marketing and the advertising just to make it top of mind for people so that they're like used to it. Kitchen yeah. magnets and yeah. things like that. And all, yeah. all kinds of okay. things. And, and also because of the, the diverse nature of our community, mm -hmm. we'll be reaching out to the Hispanic community. We have sure. marketing materials that are both in English and Spanish. Mm -hmm. We'll have opportunities to, to reach out to the Hispanic community, opportunities to reach out to children. Children need to understand mm -hmm. that 211 is a number they can call. Um, you know, sometimes you have you have young children in abusive situations, and they don't know where to go. Pick up a phone, call two one one. Somebody will be able to help them. Mm. Going into awesome. the schools and right. talking to the children. <clears throat> yeah, definitely.
Awesome. We'll look forward to that. Uh, again, the launch date, October 4, the October official 4th. one coming up. By the way, friends, just a, a reminder as we're talking to Tom and Steve, we have a volunteer and partner agency appreciation night coming up on uh, Thursday, September 27. We'd like you to mark that down, Thursday, September 27. Yes. Uh, we'll be at Downey Park, which is just a couple blocks uh, north of us here on Coffee Road. And Elaine will be happy to give you directions if you'd like to call us. No, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of an insight <laughs> joke. Anyway, uh, Downey Park, just north of uh, Downey High School uh, here in Modesto. And uh, we'd like you to just stop by. We're going to have uh, some food there, and uh, there'll be a brief program around 5.30, but uh, we'll open up about 4.30 in the park there till about 7 p.m. And we're here just to say thank you to the volunteers and our partner agencies. We'd love to have you come by. Again, that's Thursday, September 27, 4.30 to 7 p.m., Downey Park. Please come and just say hi, if nothing else, after work, and enjoy some uh, food with us and uh, some fellowship as well. We would love that. And, Tom, we would love to have you and Steve and all of our partners at the United Way come by and uh, join us for that and our way of, of saying thank you for being one of our partner uh, agencies as well. And we've got more with the changing face of the United Way right after this. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. ABC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and ABC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. 
ABC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. You know, some of us can do donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing vibrant communities, faith in action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike Elaine and Tom Ciccarelli and Steve Smith, changing face of the United Way. I just love that little girl at the end where she says, thank, thank you. you. And that's what it's about, <laughs> isn't it? We just want to say thank you. And uh, the United Way are great friends and partners. And uh, glad to have Steve and Tom here with us tonight. Steve, one of the uh, things coming up uh, is, is a, a phrase that I'm curious about. And let's get some details on it. The power of one. The power of one is something that it's an education piece that I want to bring to the community. Um, it really started with our campaign efforts. Uh, as you know, our campaign kicks off here pretty soon. September 6th is the kickoff of our, uh, of our annual campaign, and it will run through uh, March. And every year we raise money to help these 28 partner agencies who deliver more than 90 programs to people in our community. Um, a couple of things that I want listeners to understand is that the strength of United Way and those partner agencies Every year, we serve about 170,000 people in this community. That's about one in three of uh, people in Stanislaus County. Mm -hmm. So those 28 partner agencies, those 90 programs that are out there, are serving one in three people in Stanislaus County. Well, as you might imagine, it, it takes funding to do that, and so our partner agencies look to us to help with that funding. And so that's what drives our campaign every year. Now, we raise somewhere around $3.1, $3.2 million a year when we run a campaign. This year's campaign goal is $3.3 million. Even at that, last year we raised just a little over $3.1 million. We were $850,000 short of the demonstrated need in this community from mm -hmm. those partner agencies and those programs. So the same question comes up every year is how do you raise more money? How do you get more people involved? And the power of one to me is the answer to that because in over 30 years of volunteering for the United Way and running campaigns, one of the questions that keeps coming up to me is can I really make a difference as an individual? Mm -hmm. One person doing something, can I make a difference? And so I, I researched this for our county, and here's where the power of one comes in. There are about 521,000 residents in Stanislaus County. And so I wondered what happens if we take all of the residents who are under the age 18 off of that number, and then we take all of the residents that are over age 65 off of that number, and then we take out the current unemployment rate off of that number. And what you're left with are the people between the ages of 18 and 65 who are employed in Stanislaus County. If every one of those people gave $1 a week to the United Way, we would raise $13.9 million. Mm. Wow. 
And when I think of, of the power of that kind of fundraising in this community and what those 28 partner agencies and lots of other agencies could do, because we also give money out in targeted care grants to agencies who are not necessarily United Way partner agencies. But how much of a difference could we make if we jumped from $3.1 million to $13.9 million? So people say, can I make a difference? And I tell everybody $1 a week. Mm. That's all it takes. One person, $1 a week. And I also try to make sure that we don't just talk about money. So let's go back to what we were talking about earlier about people getting involved. Take that $1 a week and make it one hour a week using that same concept. We'd have 13 million volunteer hours in important. our community. Yeah. Yeah. And how much power is that? Mm. Uh, so that, to me, is the power of one, and that's what I want to educate people about. Awesome. Awesome. What's the reaction you're getting, Steve? Um, Surprise. A yeah? lot of people are, are mm-hmm. amazed that, that one person, one dollar, one hour can add up to, to that big of a number. And, and I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about, you know, where do we get money? Now, the campaign runs primarily through corporations and companies in town and, and payroll deduction and employee giving. Um, but everybody wants to know, gosh, can I, can I really make a difference? What if I only have a dollar? What if I only have one hour? And, and my answer is it makes a huge difference. I think people that think way. that they really don't have that much time or that it's going to take a lot of money when they, when they realize that it doesn't really take a lot of time to help someone do something, to mm-hmm. volunteer a little time, to make a difference in someone's life. We find that here at ABC. Right. And if everyone gave a little bit, it really does make a lot of difference. Well, it makes you feel really good. Well, it really does. You know, I mean, yeah, you, you, it means mm-hmm. something. You know that you're, you're, you're helping your fellow man. And I tell people, I'll, I'll use examples whenever I can that, you know, Somebody says, well, if I give a dollar a week, what difference does that make? Well, a dollar a week will fund an after-school program for children for almost a year. $2 a week will provide daily meal service to to a a senior citizen who might be shut in for almost a year. So it's powerful. That $1, that one hour, take an hour a week and read to a child. Uh, The difference that will make in that child's life over a year's period of time is almost indescribable. Tom, let's talk a little bit about volunteerism in, in general now. You know, I'm looking around the room here, and uh, Leonard is here, and Big John is here. Yes. Uh, you know, I talk about hours of, you know, spent sacrificing mm-hmm. uh, for others. The, the builder generation coming out of World War II, no no problem, no brainer. You know, you, you join a service club, you, you volunteer time. I mean, this is kind of the DNA of the, of the generation. Subsequent generations, not 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 so much, and yet... I kind of sense, um, in, in, in talking at least to area churches and talking to young people, there's a, a growing interest, I think, in, in the rejuvenation and the resurrection, if you want to say, of, of volunteerism. And I, I think, you know, one of the responsibilities that we all have on the uh, resource broker side, for lack of a better word, is we, we need to be ready for that and, and have something for them to do, right? Absolutely, and I think that it's a trust issue with the with the next generation, um, and they want to know not only with their volunteer time, but with their their uh, their monetary resources. They want to know. They want accountability. Mm-hmm. They want to know that their dollars are being spent wisely, yeah. and and I, and we really see that. And I think for a while there's been a disconnect with some of the younger uh, folks. But I think that now they're seeing that uh, we're, we're definitely seeing a change in attitude, that people, the younger folks are coming around saying, okay, we know we can trust United Way. Mm. We know we can trust uh, our churches. Uh, we know what you're doing with our money. 
And uh, and I think I, once you make that uh, realization, then the volunteerism just comes right behind it. So I think it's an exciting time. We're starting to see some 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 real changes. Yeah, I really see a passion in, in some of the younger people that we're talking about. And Elaine, we've yes. we've gone to uh, you know some of these uh, young married classes mm-hmm. and. And, you know, those, those folks who, who get it, who understand that it, it's not just about, you know, making your, uh, uh, your money and then your nest egg, you know, you plan for your retirement and it's all over. They, they understand that there's a lot more to life uh, mm-hmm. in this. And it's exciting to us to see that kind of, uh, really God-centered focus come back to life. And, uh, you know, you, we were talking, uh, before about, uh, uh, serving and and uh, you were talking during one of the breaks about the spiritual warfare involved warfare, in trying yes, to roll too. this out and how many obstacles there are and really the work is never done you know I, I don't think we can ever sit back and say we've done it you know personally I, I think God uh, and and I would hope that you know He has me uh, working up till the day He decides to take me home I mm-hmm. you know for I, <laughs> retirement to me is eh. Yeah, you know, what's God got for me tomorrow? You know, I'm looking at Leonard over here, and uh, Leonard's out there, you know, officially, what, time. two days a week. Yeah. He's here almost seven days a Work, week practically serving time. other people. And, yeah. and I think there's a lot of people, if given the opportunity and given the connection, uh, are more than willing to invest their time in others and really just keep chugging away. Well, and of course, you know, the in our generation, it was time, talent, and treasure, and we understood yes. what that meant. Right. And I think that with this younger generation, the treasure part is starting to become clear to them, and I think it's changing mm. uh, because mm. they're realizing that their treasure is not just their dollars. Uh, it's their family. It's uh, participation in the community. It's particip- participating in their, in their church. Uh, and, of course, you know, pastors are key in this. The leadership of the church are key because they really have – to lead by example, yes, and they have to, and the kids, and this younger generation needs to see that. They need to see that kind of leadership. They're about authenticity, mm-hmm. and they want you to walk your talk. That's exactly right. I mean, they they, they have a, a litmus paper out there, and I don't fall. I think that's a great. I think it's very healthy. You know, there's a built-in accountability there. They they want to see it modeled mm-hmm. if it's real. You know, they want to see it modeled uh, before they, you know, kind of buy into the system, right? And I've said for a long time, you know, that most of the, the things that a community needs from a social standpoint come from nonprofit organizations. Mm. And the two things nonprofit organizations never have enough of is time and money. Yeah. So mm-hmm. so they never have enough funds, and, but they also never have enough volunteer hours. They never right. have people. And, and what I – the conversations that I'm into with the younger generation is that – Raising a family and volunteering do not necessarily need to be mutually exclusive. Yeah, what right. I really love is when I go to the Salvation Army to serve a breakfast or I go out to the Redwood Center or yes. I go to, to Haven, mm-hmm. and what I see is families volunteering. Yes. Indeed. I see, I see the younger generation, the, the, the kids that are in their 30s that have young families, they're bringing their kids with them to show them what it's like yes. to serve at the Salvation Army That's or right. to serve at the YMCA. Yeah. That's the best thing that yeah. could happen, in mm. my opinion. Amen. <clears throat> That's all, exciting to see. And it also gives those their children uh, a di- little different perspective mm-hmm. about life. You know, mm-hmm. what, is, what does it mean to be homeless? You know, yeah. most, most of our, you know, we, we've been fortunate. You know, we don't know what it's like a lot of times to go without a meal. Uh, to not have a place. Imagine tonight if you didn't have a place to sleep, if you didn't know where your meal, your next meal was coming from. Uh, for a child, that's traumatic. 
Tom's. And, and you want to talk about a God thing. You look now at most of the schools in our community, they have community service hours as a requirement. That's right. And what, yes. I, what I try to remind people every chance I get is they started in, in private religious schools as Christian service hours. That's and now right. they're called community service hours, and everybody's in doing it. In the public school. And thank God yeah. they are. Amen. <clears throat> Tom, Steve, we love you guys. Thank you for your time tonight. My pleasure. Uh, we just thank you for being here with us, and, and God bless you at the United Way. Quickly, how can people locally get in touch with you? 523-4562 by phone or www.unitedwaystand.org. Come back again and see us we soon. Will. Thank you. Dear friends at home, thank you for listening. Until next time, God continue to bless you. Thanks for listening.